High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. This is High Noon and this is Kira Kelly and you're very welcome to this Friday programme. Loving having you on board. Loads coming up in the next hour, including the lost Republican, Thomas Ash. Have you heard of him? He's getting a commemoration today. And also a dad who's going to tell me why he is against homework because he wants more family time. And how often should you update your iPhone or your smartphone? Do you know? Get in touch with us about this or anything else we love to hear from you 53106 is the text line tweet us at uh, high noon NT or tweet me at Kira Kelly Doc and lots of you have been in touch with us already uh, particularly about birth order birth order seems to be exciting a lot of people um, Karen says hi Kira I'm ninth of 13 that must be why I'm permanently baffled and confused with life uh, Karen that's not just you that's probably all of us and Lynn from West Cork says I was born in the US to a first generation Irish American mother the only only girl and the youngest. I wasn't spoilt at all. The brothers were worshipped. Ah, the Irish mammy and her love of her sons. That's absolutely true. And Neil says, I was the youngest of four boys and I got slapped around the place. Ah, Neil, you poor pet. Um, and on another topic that we talked about earlier about, about mental health and mental illness, Dr. Finian Fallon, a psychotherapist, has contacted us to say oversimplification of mental distress is problematic but so is over medicating lack of support and warehousing those in dire need of help into homeless services and in many cases of prison is going on so thank you for getting in touch with us and do get in touch with that because we love to hear from you and we want to know what you think about all the stuff that we're talking about now It's just over 50 years since Anthony Wallace declared that the advancement of science would soon see the demise of religion. But has that prediction come true? My next guest isn't convinced. He is Amadullah Dasandi and he's a senior lecturer in contemporary Islam at UCC. Amadullah, you're very welcome to the programme. Hi, Keir. How are you? I'm very well. Listen, science and religion, are they at war, would you say? I think it depends on... (laughs) On the, on the framing of the question, I, I don't think they're really at war. Um, and I think what's important is we have to understand that that bo- that both are 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 better understood through through living examples. People who it is people who are scientists, it is people who are religious. And once you begin to look at it from that framework, you begin to to see something very real. And that means that we have to appreciate the the kind of the diversity of people in the world. Anthony was when he was talking about the fact that science would replace religion, was talking about, I suppose, the fact that maybe religion gave explanations for things that we didn't understand, like mm. even going back to very far in the past, thunder and lightning and all the kind of stuff. So I think he thought evidence would replace faith. Mm. Is, there, is there an element of that going on? I mean, we do see atheism on the rise in many parts of the world. 30% of Australians now would say they have no religion. Is there that as people become more educated and more clued into how science makes the world go round, as it were, um, that perhaps faith doesn't need to provide us with the explanations that we now have evidence and the answers to? Well, I mean, you you might be onto something there because um, there's all sorts of kind of information that's coming out about people are not um, following religion in the way that they were in the past. But 
what is significant here is that that we live in a very diverse world. Mm-hmm. We we need to understand people who come from different faith backgrounds, and you know, religion doesn't doesn't develop in a vacuum. It develops in particular context in diff in in particular geographical locations. And if you look at Ireland, Ireland is becoming more diverse. It's you know with the with the influx or the you know the homegrown um, individuals who are of different ethnicities, yeah. and I think that requires us to be a little bit more I don't know just to be a little bit you know to look at it more broadly than than just it's not a bit I think it's too simplistic to pit science against religion because I think there are there's probably a lot of very deeply uh, religious scientists who work at some of our top universities here here in Ireland and that just that just you know kind of blurs the edges a little bit I think yeah and I'm sure there are some people who who, who would have a deep faith and it would also be scientists but if you look at countries like um, Iran and countries like that that may have had pre we, I think in Ireland we think that we're moving in, in an inexorable move towards secularism but there are countries that have moved in the opposite direction that have moved towards a more religious ethos governing them. Mm. But is that to do with the fact that perhaps some of those countries, you know, moral police have been brought in uh, and and autocracy has been brought in and that religious sort of doctrine has been spread through through authoritarianism and force and that kind of thing? Well, I mean, that that goes to kind of state politics. But you have to remember, again, just as we have, just as you kind of acknowledge there that you have some deeply um, faithful Christian Jews or or Muslims who work in our universities here, you have the same in, in Iran or you have. And there is a route to science in religion. You see, because as the, the thing about amazement or mystery or doubt is something that that I think brings together people who are religious or those who are scientists. It's that forever thirst to get to ask these difficult questions and to try to answer them. And I think that's what bring brings them together. But you know, on on a more realistic and day to day level. We need to understand people of religious backgrounds. I mean, I'm I'm amazed at some of the commentary that's coming out with regards to the the kind of the 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 the, the chap Ibrahim Halawa. I think that was yeah. his name. Yeah. And this whole discussion about is he Irish? Is he Muslim? Do we accept him as an Irish? Or, or and that that what that means is it means that that there needs to be more in terms of understanding religion. This is not about pitting religion against secularism or atheism. This is about appreciating individuals who make up our very vibrant and very colourful yes. society. I, I think very clearly Ibrahim Malawa is Irish. He was born in Ireland. I don't think there can be any mm. other definition mm. of Irish yeah. that that's different to that. But the people who would look at it from the two different sides, um, some would look at it that, that, that any decrease in religion is, is a sort of a moral decline in society. But other people who would say, well, look, it's actually that the triumph of reason over superstition. Mm. And there is that. There is, I mean, there is the idea that uh, religion used to give us explanations for things we don't understand mm-hmm. that that science maybe gives us the explanation for now. But faith is a slightly different thing too, isn't it? The, 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 I suppose the thirst or the question, as you say, the, the longing for a higher meaning. Science can't always answer that. Well, yes, but, you know, 
I, you know, I've just spent the last the, this week teaching our hundred or so first year students about religious method and why why that's significant. And a lot of them, you know, when I was speaking to them, said, "Well, do you have to have a faith to be moral and ethical?" And I said, "That's a very good question." Yeah. And I think, you know, absolutely, you you don't need you don't need that. And you know, people who say that that you know you need a particular faith or are sometimes a little bit delusional, but it requires us to be a little bit more sympathetic to, on both sides. You see, you and you have extremist fundamentalists on both sides who are vehemently atheist or vehemently religious or Christian or and you know, and that I think is that's that's really harmful to our society and to 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 building of bridges, which require us to to be a little bit more you know broader and think about things that that people can have eth- ethics and moral come from all sorts of different things. People look, people can have a good moral and ethical upbringing or or view from reading Harry Potter. Because in Harry Potter, I mean, I know that I use this example when I'm teaching students about the Quran or the Hebrew Bible or the New Testament. Look, Harry Potter tells you about good overcoming evil in some way, right? And so in that way, we have lots of ideas of where to get our ethics and morals. And that, I think, is is, is quite refreshing. Um, and I think it just requires us to be more, you know, inclusive and to accept the depths of pluralism. And, you know, I, that, I, I do think that you can have ethics without religion, uh, without, mm. you know, religious, religious faith or religious belief and I think if you look at studies that have been done in places like the UK that they've shown that that despite the fact that religion in general may be falling as 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 a faith-based uh, system for people actually society is evolving to become more ethical so it's got low levels mm. of corruption mm. it's quite you know it's quite high levels of yeah. ethics in public life and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff so 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 they're not mutually exclusive I, I will nail myself here and say mm. well, I am not at all religious I would be an atheist but but I would believe very strongly in a code of ethics and yeah. morality that mm. isn't faith based I think that's quite important but and he, and here is, is, is the but you did mention there earlier somebody well, there's extremes on both sides are there any extreme atheists like you know you don't you don't see atheism fundamentalists as such so so does religion in some way spawn because it is a sort of a form of indoctrination does it spawn mm. a lack of people thinking for themselves and their moral compass is somewhat turned off because they've been fed morality mm. from a higher power it's difficult that's a very difficult one because you know part of the discussions that I've had this week with students here at UCC was the idea of secularism a secular state versus a religious state and you know I had a French student who said well I feel as if it's going the opposite direction in France, where France tries to say that it's a purely secular state, which then means that you tell people what they can and cannot wear. Now, I I don't know how we how to what, what does that say about our society? What does it say? Okay, I, I understand when we're talking about hijabs and veils and, and Muslim women covering, some are, are forced into wearing it, but they're, they're, the, the majority of them will actually say, well, no, I do this because it's part of my faith and I want to do that. So there's a huge discussion and debate that, that needs to be had here. And it's just about individuals who, who want to live their life, you know, whether they're atheist or whether they're religious. I think it's about, you know... I, I think you and I should, anybody shouldn't have a problem with that, as long as you're not encroaching on the liberty for me to think and live my life as I want to live it. When you encroach your values and your morals and your ethics on other people, that's where it becomes difficult. And this is where I think, you know, states and countries such as ours here in Ireland or in Scotland, where I'm from, try to uphold this idea of of allowing equality and liberty for all. But that's sometimes quite difficult, especially when it comes to talking about face covering and head covering. And 
and you know all the, all the complexities that are involved. I, with that. I, I do, and I think that issue is is will remain contentious because mm. you're absolutely right. Many Muslim women choose to 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 cover, and yet many other people in the West see it as a form of subjugation. Yeah. And is what's necessary. Mm tolerance then in terms of respecting other people's points of view and at what point uh, these, are, these are questions of philosophy I'm, mm. I'm sorry Aminal but at what point do we say well look I, I respect your choice but when your choice en- encroaches when the choice of you to follow your belief encroaches on my civil liberties I have a problem with that Well look I mean uh, you, uh, if I was to nail what I, I I'm I'm a very critical academic but I'm also I'm an unapologetically brown Muslim from Scotland who has roots <laughs> in Pakistan which then means that look for me I, I to my students I say look let's let's open up the fields of inquiry of questioning but there comes a point where where students say well well how far does this go and i think there has to be an ethical and a moral uh, statement to say no you cannot you not you do whatever you want to yourself but the idea of terrorism and associating that with religion there's something wrong about that yeah. and killing other people you know abusing other people that's a problem and i think we need to be very clear that that is where that is where the boundary is and i think many people do it's just you know okay. how far do you want to oh. have that philosophical uh, inquiry a- absolutely listen my sincere thanks for a very interesting conversation there about science versus religion that is amanilla dasandi who's a senior lecturer in contemporary islam in the university uh, uh, college Cork. Uh, Coming up after this, The Lost Republican. Stay tuned.